Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. The makers of Johnson's Wax products for home and industry present Fibber McGee and Molly with Bill Thompson, Gail Gordon, Arthur Q. Bryan, B. Benaderet, and me, Harlow Wilcox. The script is by Don Quinn and Phil Leslie. The music by the King's Men and Billy Mills Orchestra. April showers are still busy working on May flowers, and that's very nice. But April showers also bring something not so nice, trouble for your kitchen floor. Wet, muddy feet come in with the grocery boy and the milkman and the children home from school. That means a lot of extra work if your floors aren't wax-polished with Johnson's self-polishing glow coat. Of course, if your floors are kept sparkling with a beautiful glow coat polish, you don't have to worry about a little thing like wet footprints. A damp cloth quickly wipes up dirt and spilled things from a glow-coated floor, leaving it clean and beautiful, its colors bright and fresh. And Johnson's glow coat also saves you work in other ways. It needs no rubbing or buffing. Just spread it on the floor and let it dry. Glow coat does all the work. In 20 minutes, your floor is protected with a long-lasting shining polish. Naturally, this protection makes your linoleum last much longer, too. Try it, won't you? But be sure to ask for the real thing. Johnson's self-polishing glow coat. It's a wise woman who knows how to turn off the heat when her husband comes to a boil. Listen to Mrs. McGee of 79 Whistful Vista lowering the flame under her so-called better half as we join Fibber McGee and Molly. And uh, while I have no idea just what got you into such a temper, dearie, I'm sure you are justified. Well, bye, George. Knowing you as I do, I realize that something must have happened downtown today that annoyed you. Annoyed me? If I ever, if them stumble buns, I don't so. If you'd care to tell me all about it, and I'm sure you do, I think it might do you good. Mm. Let me take your walking stick. That ain't a walking stick. It's an umbrella. <laughs> Where's the rest of it, then? I don't know. I was slapping trees with it all the way home. <laughs> but why? Well, you've heard of the Society for the Preservation and Encouragement of Barbershop Quartet Singing in America, Incorporated. Yes, what about it? Well, they have a convention every year to find the best barbershop quartet. And the Wistful Vista Elks are going to send one. Isn't that wonderful? What's wonderful about it? By George, when politics and influence keeps the best possible man from singing top tenor and nominates a guy that sings like the noon whistle on a fertilizer factory. <laughs> By George, I got a good notion to resign from the Elks. I would, too, if I wasn't six months behind in my dues. Well, uh, who was selected to sing top tennis? A guy who's got a voice like a worn brake drum, that's who. Doc Gamble, that's who. Do I understand that you think you should have been picked as first tennis? Why, of course. Who else? <laughs> You've heard me sing. Is there any doubt in your mind that I make Gamble sound like a rusty nail being pulled out of a piano crate? What mental reservations I might have, Gary, are completely submerged by my matrimonial loyalty. <laughs> You're darn right. I can sing rings around that bullfrog. Who are the other members of this shave and a haircut glee club? Arlo Wilcox, Wallace Wimple, and Latrivia. Didn't Mr. Wilcox used to sing in Chautauqua, dearie? He claims he did. 
Personally, I don't think any of the four of them could sing their way out of an unlocked bathroom. <laughs> I'm the only trained professional singer in the whole club. Why, I sang... Come in. Hello, folks. Ah, uh, hello there, Mr. Wimple. Hi, Wimp. I hear you've been selected for the barbershop quartet at the Elf. Yes. Isn't it wonderful? And to think we might go to the National Convention. Tell me, do men take their wives to conventions? Oh, no, Mr. Wimple. Conventions are places where men go to let their hair down while they still have some. (laughs) (laughs) If this quartet goes to the annual convention in Cleveland next June, Mr. Wimple, uh, will your wife let you go, do you think? Oh, I've got that all fixed, Mrs. McGee. She's going on ahead and meet me in Salt Lake City. Hey, hey, wait a minute. The convention is in Cleveland. (laughs) Yes, I know that, but she doesn't. Too bad she isn't more reasonable, Mr. Wimple. Doesn't she love you? Oh, I think she does, Mrs. McGee, in her big old quiet way. <laughs> Yesterday, when we were walking along the street, she suddenly reached down and chucked me under the chin. Did she really, Wimp? Yeah. Under the chin of a horse that happened to be passing by. <laughs> Heavenly days, Mr. Wimple. Were you trampled underfoot? <laughs> no. I was awfully lucky about that, I guess. I recognized the horse immediately as one I used to bet on at the races. So quick as a flash, I reached up and put a $2 bill on his nose, and he stopped dead. (laughs) I knew what the beast would do if I had any money on him. Well, see you later, folks. (laughs) Billy Mills for the orchestra and Souvenir.
dumbbells. Them short-sighted wise guys. Picking a Johnny One note like Doc Gamble instead of a natural tenor like me. Of all the stupid, asinine, deliberate... Oh, now forget it, McGee. Oh. Dr. Gamble was selected by the committee fairly and squarely, so be a sport about it. It ain't a matter of sportsmanship. It's a matter of who's the best top tenor. And Doc Gamble can't sing Don't Fence Me In without Petrillo sending him a dozen pickets. <laughs> Did he ever... Come in. Oh, hello there, Dr. Gamble. We were just talking about you. That is, McGee was, weren't you, dearie? Yes. That's nice. You think so? <laughs> I was just remarking, Doctor, that I don't know how you were going to be able to go to the Barbershop Quartet Convention in Cleveland this June with all your medical work here and all. Don't worry about me, Bughead. I am combining it with a medical convention in Detroit. I can go from hold that tiger to let go that cirrhosis with no trouble whatsoever. Himself here has generously suggested to me that if you found you couldn't make it, Doctor, he might fill in for you. He thinks tender, too, you know. Does he indeed? You know darn well I do, you big four flusher. And if you hadn't, if it hadn't been for rank favoritism, <laughs> oh, what am I saying? <laughs> you sing a lot better than I do, Doc. That's what everyone says. <laughs> Let's hear a little sample of your work, Doctor. I'll be glad to accompany you on the piano. Yeah, she used to teach piano in Peoria, Doc. John Charles Thomas studied with me, Doctor. Did he really? Not he, they. John Hanson, Charles Mikowski, and Thomas Nogafrini. With what I taught them, they've really made good. Are they singers? No, they're piano movers. <laughs> Do these barbershop quartets have names, boys? Oh, sure. They've had some wonderful names at them conventions. There was the Wait Till You Hear Us For, the Cleft Dwellers, the Shaving Mugs. The name I always liked was the We Often Wonder What We're Singing For. <laughs> and incidentally, Molly, the use of a piano is forbidden. Heavenly days, even for rehearsing? Yep, so Doc's got to get used to just the pitch pipe. As it happens, Aerosmith, I got my old pitch pipe right here with me. Is that thing supposed to give a pitch? Yep. I can strike a truer note than that by snapping my garters. Oh, I think that's a pretty true note myself, Doctor. Trouble with you, Lancelot, you're tone deaf. And I can fix it. How, Chiselwit? I'm going to train you. You? Train me? Yep. Isn't that a little like Mickey Rooney training Lionel Barrymore? Now, don't brush it off, Doctor. McGee was a public entertainer, you know. He really knows quartet singing, he says. Well, never let it be said that I was allergic to education. What would you suggest, Buckle Wart? Well, first, Doctor, give me a good, sweet, clear tone. Take it from this. Hmm. Dear old girl, the robin sings no, above. No, no, no. Huh? You've got to loosen up. Old man. What? You ain't getting any emotion into it. Look, uh, maybe we make you nervous. We make him nervous. Well, what am I supposed to... Here, take this pitch pipe. Uh-huh. And believe me, you're the only guy in this whole world I'd lend it to. That's what I think of you, Doc. You know what I think of you? No, and I don't want to. It might embarrass you. You said it, dearie. Now, look, Doc. Take this pitch pipe, see, and go into the dining room, shut the door, and practice getting off to a clean start. Like this. Dear old girl, the robin sings above you. Get the idea? Oh boy, I've done you an injustice. You have a very good voice. Thanks very much. If I begin to disturb you, let me know. McGee, I'm proud of you. Huh? What for? I think it's wonderful how you conquered your resentment and acted like a sportsman. Oh, shut. 
It's nothing that any red-blooded American boy wouldn't do if he had the idea in the back of his mind that I got. <laughs> I got a notion that... Hello, folks. Hey, pal, are you going to beat the Elks tonight to hear our quartet? He wouldn't miss it for all the ham in Hollywood, Mr. Wilcox. Matter of fact, Junior, I'm training Doc Gamble. For a so-called top tenor, he needs a lot of coaching. He does? I thought Doc was in pretty good voice. Well, McGee ought to know, Mr. Wilcox. He's a veteran quartet singer. He sung Old MacDonald Had a Farm so often, somebody has to accompany him on a cream separator. <laughs> <laughs> Say, didn't you used to sing in Chautauqua, Mr. Wilcox? Yeah, baritone. Why'd you give it up, Junior? Tent begin to leak or something? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it was the impermanence that got me, I think. The impertinence? The impermanence, the temporary feeling of it all. Put up the tent, take it down. Put it up, take it down. Camp chairs, sawdust on the floor. Matter of fact, I think it was those sawdust floors that really did it. What do you mean, Junior, said he, winking slyly at his wife? <laughs> well, every time I'd go home and see our beautiful wax floors and furniture, the more unhappy I got with tent shows. Then I got a job selling Johnson's Wax, and I've been happy ever since. I know exactly how you feel, Mr. Wilcox. I've always... You know, I never got the artistic satisfaction out of singing that I do out of a gleaming Johnson Wax floor. Or woodwork that glistens with cleanliness and cheerfulness. In Johnson's Wax? Yeah. Yeah. I may have given enjoyment to a few people with singing, although opinions on that are not what you might call unanimous. But nobody... <laughs> Nobody has ever been disappointed by Johnson's Wax, the way it protects and preserves things against dust and dampness. And the feeling of good housekeeping and hospitality it gives a home. Is... Say, McGee, how does the second... Oh, hello there, Harlow. Hi, Doc. I hear Fibber is coaching you. Getting along all right, Doctor? Yes, but I better quit now. I've got some office calls. Oh, no, you don't, Doc. You ain't doing this just for me. You know you're in this for the Elks and for the old hometown. Yes. You get right back in there and stay with it. Now, wait a minute. Let me hear your tone. Okay. Dear old girl, the robin sings above you. I think that's splendid, McGee. Well, it's great, Doc. Yeah, it's better, Doc, but it ain't right yet. No? Bring them tones up, clear pear-shaped tones. Yours are more like a pineapple. <laughs> and another thing, you don't enunciate this thing. Don't say the robin sing above you. Say the robin sings above the you. <laughs> now get with it, kid. <laughs> okay. Dear old girl, Robin! He's coming along nicely, don't you think, McGee? Everything will be okay when I get through with him. You got a go, Junior? Yeah, yes, I do. Uh, see you at the Elks tonight, eh? I betcha. <laughs> hey, what's a good hotel in Cleveland? Oh, there are several good ones. Why, you going there? Well, I'm not sure yet, Waxy. May have to go there on business this summer. Hey, you got a good name for your quartet? No, not yet. I suggested the S.C. Johnson & Son Incorporated makers of wax polishes for home and industry quartet. <laughs> but nobody seemed to go for it. I don't know why. Well, I'll see you tonight. He doesn't know why. Yeah. Hey, has he got a pretty good baritone voice, McGee? Frankly, it's brutal. In fact, they named a Broadway play after it. What was that? The Voice of the Turtle. <laughs> Mr. Wimple is the lead. Wimple? He's the worst of the lot. He seems like the dentist was working on his teeth. You seem to have a rather low opinion of the whole group. I'd like to have the money that they could sue me for if I published it. There ain't a voice in the lot that I'd hire to blow up balloons with. Even Mayor Latrivia singing bass? Well, Latrivia ain't so bad, but he's like all bass singers. He gets peeved if every other song ain't asleep in the deep. 
He thinks singing isn't artistic unless it sounds like somebody had fell down a well. Well, I'm afraid you're a little super critical, dearie. Come in. Oh, hello there, Mrs. Carstairs. Do come in. Thank you, my dear. Good day, Miss McGee. Hi, Carsey. What's the matter? You seem kind of perturbed. Something wrong, Millicent? Oh, I've just had the most dreadful experience, my dear. Have you ever been chased by a moose? <laughs> my gosh, Carsey. Did a moose chase you? Was it anybody we know? <laughs> this was a real moose, Mr. McGee. Oh. I had always thought that a moose was just a head on a wooden plaque, but this animal had legs. It might interest you to know that I have spent almost all morning in a pine tree. Heavenly days, Millicent. Where were you? How did it happen? Well, it disturbs my husband when I practice my trombone at home, my dear. Oh, so... oh my gosh. You play the trombone, Karsty? Oh, yes. I took up the trombone after I had a rather painful experience being pinched in the stomach by an accordion. <laughs> so, uh, you see, I usually drive up into the mountains or the woods to practice. I was just warming up on sugar blues when crashing through the underbrush came this monster. Well, what happened, Carsey? Did you leap out of the tree onto his neck and bulldog him? No, Mr. McGee. I broke off a small forked branch, took some elastic out of my... Out of my pocketbook. <laughs> and I made a slingshot and peppered the creature until he went away. My goodness, Millicent, what did you use for ammunition? I broke the string on my pearl necklace, my dear. It gave me 65 shots. 67, counting the diamond clasp. <laughs> well, uh, I must get home and replace the elastic in my <clears throat> pocketbook. Good day. <laughs>
Anybody else want to send a quartet to the STBWXYZ JPSDBG convention? Why don't they send the King's Men? It's against the rules. They're professionals. The SPEBSQSA is strictly for amateurs. Oh? Hey, I wonder how Doc's coming along, speaking of amateurs. Frankly, dearie, he's got me a little worried. About what? Well, I listened at the dining room door a few minutes ago, and he seems to be having some trouble with his throat. Oh, my gosh, he's a doctor. Who are we to advise him about his own throat? Yeah, but the quartet tonight, uh, what if he can't make oh, it? Oh, he'll make it all right. All he needs to say is to keep on singing, loosen it up. Look at all the opera singers. They're practicing all the time. My gosh, he can't... Say, McGee. <laughs> I, uh... <clears throat> I, uh... Matter, Doc. Well, I think I'd better. <coughs> I think I've had enough practice, so I'm going to be any good tonight. <laughs> Don't you? Oh, well, let <laughs> McGee. Maybe he has better rest a while. <laughs> well, gee whiz, I'm no slave driver. I'm no Simon McGee. If he needs a rest, he can have it. But I got to be sure it's necessary. Give me a sample, Doc. Okay. Dear old girl, <laughs> the robbers. Say, <laughs> McGee, I'm tightening up. <laughs> good, good. That's what I want you to do, Doc. You keep it up for another half an hour and you'll be singing like Crosby. Yeah, but McGee, he might strain it. He already sounds like Andy Devine with a tight collar. <laughs> Look, you kids, what are the vocal cords? They're muscles. What do you do to develop muscles? You exercise them. Stay with it, Doc. Remember, this is for the old hometown, boy. We're depending on you, fella. Don't let the old lodge down. Yes, but what... Now, you get back in the dining room there and give it another 20 minutes. And don't baby yourself, see? Sing loud, pear-shaped tones. Right from the diagram. Now go on. Oh, okay. Dear old... Girl... McGee, are you sure you're giving him good advice? My dear girl, I know what I'm doing. With my vocal experience, I gotta... Say, do you know what Lawrence Tibbet said to me one day in the old auditorium theater in Chicago? No, what'd he say? He said, where's the gentleman's lounge? <laughs> and I said... Come in. Well, that isn't what I said, because I didn't... Mayor McGee. Hello, Your Honor. Hello, Molly. Good day, McGee. Hi, Trib. All set for the quartet sing tonight? Oh, yes, indeed. Looking forward to it. I'm a member, you know, of the SBEBSQSA. You done much singing, Latrivia? Oh, yes, quite a bit, McGee. I belong to the Glee Club in college. Oh. The coach thought so highly of my singing that he got me an engagement to sing at a dude ranch in Arizona. How oh, interesting, Your Honor. Did you drive out? No, I took the train to Flagstaff and then the coach. <laughs> then the coach what? The stage coach. Oh, you were on the stage, too. Yes. Yes, it was an old one with six horses. Oh, an animal act. Did you ever get to the ranch? Certainly. I took the stage to the ranch. Well, good for you, Mr. Mayor. Did they enjoy it? Did who enjoy what? The folks at the ranch. Did they like the act? Wait a minute. What are you talking about? What act? The animal act. The one of the six horses you had on the stage. <laughs> Carry your own audience, too, Latrivia? No, I didn't. And I didn't have six stages on a horse, either. I mean, six horses on a stage. 
The coach I was referring to... We know. The... You're singing coach at college. Yes. No! I mean the state coach which took me to the ranch. What kind of a looking fellow was he, Latrivia? He wasn't a fellow. A man. A person. Uh, this was a carriage. Oh, I like to see a man with a good carriage. <laughs> I often tell him, Seltzer, to throw back his shoulders and... Burn. I didn't say anything about a man's carriage. This was a coach with wheels on. Oh, roller skates, you mean. I had a teacher once who wore stilts, but that guy... He didn't wear roller stilts. A wheel coach. I merely said I rode to the horses on six ranges. Uh, the carriage had six coaches. In the glue club, the, the glee club, I said that you were the... I did... I... McGee? Remember that traffic ticket you wanted me to fix? Oh, yes, Your Honor. Did you fix it? No, but I will. Hmm. I think I can fix it so you'll get at least 90 days. Good afternoon. <laughs> Heavenly days, you think he really will? No, he was just kidding. He... Hey, I wonder what's happened to Doc. I haven't heard a sound out of him for quite a while. Hey, Doc. You home. Oh, Doctor. You call me. My gosh, kid, what's the matter? You catching cold? Oh, I I guess I overtrained. I can hardly talk. Say nothing of singing. I'll never make it tonight, McGee. Heavenly days, this is terrible. Imagine a thing like this happening. You better call the elks right away, Doc. Oh, you call them. I can only whisper. Isn't this awful? Hand me the phone, Molly. Hello, operator. Give me the Elks Club, quick. Hi, Elks Club. <laughs> this you, Steve Cady? This is Fibber McGee. I got bad news for you, Steve. Doc Gamble overtrained and lost his voice. He can't sing tonight. Huh? Who? Me? Oh, boy, yes, I am. But not half as good as Doc, huh? Oh, I couldn't do that, Steve. I'd feel terrible taking Doc's place like that. Yeah, just like you would if you were made president of Standard Oil. Go on, McGee, do it. What say, Steve? Oh, well, if you put it like that, I don't know how I can refuse. It means dropping all my business affairs, but I'll make the sacrifice. Okay, Steve, I'll be right down. Goodbye. Hey, Molly, give me my hat. Hey, Doc, give me my pitch pipe. They want me to sing top tenor. I'll see you later, folks. Well, it takes so little to make some people happy, doesn't it? Yeah. Why, Doctor, your voice is cleared up. Were you faking all this trouble? Well, sure, I can't go to Cleveland. There's a woman there wants to marry me. <laughs> Thanks for the use of the dining room. That was ridiculous. Have you noticed all the car owners these days now polishing up the old bus for summer? Well, you'll be doing yours soon, I imagine. Don't forget that Johnson's Car New can save you time and also a lot of unnecessary work. Car New not only makes even an old model car shine like new, it's really easy to use, too. There's none of that tiring, hard rubbing with Car New. You see, Johnson's Car New is a special wax-fortified liquid polish that does two jobs at once. It both cleans and polishes in one application. You apply it, rubbing only hard enough to loosen the old surface dirt. Then you let it dry to a white powder. And when you wipe off this powder, dirt and road grime go right along with it. And man, oh man, your car really shines. Why don't you try Car New? You and your family will get far more pride and pleasure out of driving a clean, sparkling car. And when you do finally get that brand new model, you'll rate a better trade-in value. Carnew is spelled C-A-R-N-U. Johnson's Carnew. Well, 
Ladies and gentlemen, the Society for the Preservation and Encouragement of Barbershop Quartet Singing in America, Incorporated, is a very real and wonderful national organization. It has given pleasure and entertainment to millions, rich and poor and young and old. Our best wishes. And we hope to have a very successful convention in Cleveland next June. Good night. Good night, all. Wilcox, speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wax Products for Home and Industry, inviting you to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.